<laughs> we're back. It's like we never left. But we did for a while. We were golf last week. I was sick. Matt, well, Matt's working still. Matt's got a lot of stuff to do because, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, next week, next week, we will be live for this show. So there'll be a select few of you that are attending <laughs> in the beautiful uh, city of Louisville, Kentucky, for our annual Dirty Deeds Live. But tonight is our last show before we do that. So Matt is off making an extra, oh, probably a couple of 10 tons or truckloads or whatever, a fertilizer, trying to get himself caught up for next week. And, uh, you know, he's not going to join us tonight. Maybe he'll come jump on later. We'll see. But the star of the show tonight is our guest. Very honored to have Travis from Budget Lawns. Travis? How are you tonight, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are y'all doing? Yeah, we're doing great. Ray, we're, we're good. Everything good out there? Are you ready yeah. for the? Are you ready for the flight in? I'm ready for the flight, and uh, you know what? Thanks, Cipro, for why I'm able to bug out like this. Now, yeah, we'll have to talk about that here in a little bit about uh, <laughs> Ray's Ray's uh, vacation habits and how that plays into lawn care. And it might even be something, tra- Travis, it might be something you get into. It's a little bit avant-garde, but it, it, could, it could be something you get into. See, I don't know if I'm the star of the show or if I'm, uh, I'll, I'll tread lightly so I'm not, don't turn into a punching bag at some point. You or like the, the, or the, uh, or the, or the, uh, um, yeah, the bad guy, the villain. No, 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 no. You, honestly, I'll, I'll say this, man. True story. True story is that um you know we we have interviewed quite a number of people on here and people that you know we agree on a lot of topics with you know when it relates to lawn care and topic and and people that we don't agree a lot with but we're always open to that conversation because i'll tell you and it's not lip service it's not bs we always come out learning something and i think that's our our thing is that we're just junkies for you know viewpoints perspective information knowledge experience everything like that and however we get it, that's just the way, that's just how we operate. You know, the three of us, and that's just what we need uh, in order to live, thrive, and survive. And that's just why we've, why we've continued to do this show because, you know, we love chit-chatting about it. And, you know, there's always people, somebody interesting that wants to come on and talk about their way of maintaining turf. And that's probably the, the maybe the coolest part about it is that there is no right way per se, right? There is no book that says, hey, you have to do it like this. You know, the science says this or the art says this. It's that balance right between the two. And I think it's interesting, you know, a little bit about your perspective. So tell us about, you know, um, your, you know, your YouTube channel is Budget Lawns. Tell us about, you know, how you got it started, why you started it, and sort of what the premise is, you know, in your mind. What's the elevator pitch that you would give the Hollywood movie studio when we're going to make, uh, you know, the uh, the autobiography of, of Travis at Budget Lawns? Well, I think to kind of piggyback what you just on what you just said a while ago, it, that's kind of one of the pitfalls of this whole world we get into on the internet. Just coming in onto this on the the, the pre-show, we were kind of talking about our backgrounds and you know what we've done in the past and how we see things from the way we grew up and and we don't know that when we're watching somebody on YouTube, we we don't know what led them to their philosophies or, or, or why they think a certain way, whether it be about, you know, working out in the gym or grass or uh, playing golf. Some of the references that I made recently, um, mm-hmm. but a budget lawn started, I, I did, I'd never touched grass other than 
wanting to help my dad mow the yard when I was a kid. And that was mainly because I just wanted to drive the lawnmower. And I have a little bit of OCD tendency. So whether it was vacuuming or mowing and watching, you know, it gets short on one side and then, you know, how it goes. And, and, and that was the, ex- the extent of my lawn care. And I'd never done it as an adult until 2017 when I, my wife and I built our first house and had no clue what I was doing. So, of course, like any anybody does, they, they jump on the Internet. And YouTube was, you know, kind of the, I don't know if it was the best place, but it was, mm-hmm. it was, I'm a video person. I, I was telling Ray and Jay Pink, I have a broadcast journalism background, so I don't like reading a lot of things. I don't like, I'm not a big fan of, you know, perusing message boards and reading a lot of stuff. I, I'm a video person. I'm a visual and a storytelling type person. Mm-hmm. So I got onto YouTube. That's where I wanted to, 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 to figure out as much as I could. And, and there was, there was a lot of good stuff out there, I guess, 2017. Um, but it was, it was a little bit more advanced than what I wanted. You know, I thought it was cool. I was watching, that was when I first, you know, came across John Ware and little did I know he was just an hour South of me. And I, I grew up on a golf course. I'm like, there are people out there mowing their lawns with what they mow greens with. This is freaking crazy. <laughs> I was like, I, who, I never would have, it would have thought that in a million years. So it, although I was seeing really interesting, cool, like really advanced stuff that I was intrigued by, it, it wasn't what I was trying to accomplish. And so that's where I thought, okay, the, these people are obviously spending pretty high dollars on whether it be products or equipment and all that. And, and that's not something I want to do, although I think it's cool when I was watching all the videos, but I wish there was just somebody out there that would, without all the, without all the fluff, I guess you could say, and that's kind of one thing sure. I hear all the time, without all the fluff, just tell me, just tell me the basics. I don't need a lot of B-roll. I don't need to watch you mowing your yard. Because with me, sometimes I, when I turn YouTube on, I like watching, but I want to be able to step away for a minute and keep listening and still getting all that information. So mm-hmm. that's how I said, look, I just want my, my production to be as budget as my lawn care and my equipment and my philosophies, because I, I got enough going on in my life. And this was when I was still a restaurant owner. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the it was strictly lawn care was supposed to be that thing for me to leave my business and go relax and de-stress for a little bit. So mm-hmm. of course, like a lot of people, when, when, when COVID hit, that's when I had that extra time, like most of us. And then it just kept, mm-hmm. and when I get, when I did that video a couple of weeks ago, I raised my hand cause I was one of them. And then that's kind of when I started on YouTube in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just really just started kind of just saying what was on my mind more than anything. Um, no, uh, that, I, 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 I get that. I get that from your content and I guess, so, you know, I'm a, let me ask you this about the content it is, do you feel like you're, this is more like a vlog and I, this is no right and wrong answer. I'm just curious. Is this more like a vlog of, Hey. Like you're Travis and you're in the the real world confessional. Like you know you're you're doing your thing. Just hey, I'm talking to the camera and I put it out and whoever sees it sees it. 
or is it do you try to put yourself in the shoes of the everyman right the guy who isn't going to go all out right and have a greens mower and isn't going to do all the little things right that maybe somebody who's down the block or around the corner or in the next town over that that guy or gal drives past every day on their way to work do you feel like you're putting yourself in somebody else's shoes when you make that content or are you just kind of like hey this is me and this is what i'm seeing and what i'm feeling and i'm just going to say it like where where do you or is it is it combination of both it's it's a combination of both uh what we were mentioned before you got on the pre-show my whole background both my undergrad and my graduate degrees are in broadcast journalism before i owned a business i was a weather anchor and a television news reporter at a small tv station in panama city beach florida so not only do i love lawn care but i love being in front of a camera and just talking that's what a weatherman does they don't have anything scripted they they know what they're going to be talking about they've got their graphics ready and you just get in front of that green wall and you just it's just all ad-libbed in one take so part of me missed that when i people ask me do you miss the tv business i miss the five six and ten o'clock hours when we were live on the air for a 30-minute newscast and I had my four or five minutes to stand in front of that camera and just speak about something I enjoyed talking about. So that's kind of how my content is centered. It's Hell like, yeah. look, I, I want to talk about something. And I love talking about uh, lawn care. I love I love the practice of lawn care. I, I love the, the, you know, a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff. But I'm more just that everyday guy, that regular Joe who who needs somebody to talk to them about some things sometimes and everything i talk about are things that i am feeling about and i know there's got to be somebody else out there that might be kind of meandering down that same road and we're all looking for audiences here on youtube we're all having to compete for some form of audience in lawn care and i can't compete with some of the big guys out there that are so much more knowledgeable than i am I can't compete with the ones with all the high dollar fancy equipment and that are willing to put in all that time. So I have strategically tried to reach out to and attract people who might kind of understand what I'm talking about. And for me, it's it's kind of an outlet, like you said, it's kind of a blog for me to just stand up in front of the camera and say stuff. Cause I'll be honest with you, the video that, that got the attention, I didn't even have that planned for that day. I actually one taped another video before that and went, eh, I really don't like that. Let's hit record again and see what I come up with this time. I had been thinking all those things, but it was all done in one take, no cuts, hit record, stop, done. That's how it all happens. And that's what I like because it's kind of therapeutic for me. What made you what made you do that? What was your thought process? You finished that first video, right? And I don't care what it was about. You don't have to share that if you don't want to, but what what made you think uh, I don't know. I, I I can do was it I can do better or was it hey, I'm not being authentic and I feel something and I've got to say this. What what well, what it, was the thought process? That was part of it. Um but the the first video was is sometimes a lot of people see it as me like venting frustrations and stuff. And yeah, if, that, if that's what you want to call it, vent frustration, sure. It, it's therapeutic to me in a way. And I know, and you can read through the comments on those, that 
there are a lot of other people out there that understand exactly what I'm talking about. And those are the people I'm trying to reach. Now, the video before that, what I was trying to do was, I think in that one, if I remember correctly, I was making a point that like, look, in lawn care, we, we expect to get on YouTube or the forums and whatever it is. And we expect to find that answer like that to what we want. But we don't realize there are like layers to the cake that are so deep before that. There's no way that answer can be given the way people want it. And I think the first video I did was about just taking ownership and responsibility. Like there is no YouTuber, no uh, forum or short little question answer session that you can get that is going to answer a lot of people's questions out there about lawn care. And I'm certainly, I hope I don't ever come across this way. I am certainly not. And that's one of the tight ropes that I walk and the fine lines that I walk. I'm not educated in this. I grew up on a golf course and it was right out my backyard. Whole three green in my hometown country club was a sand wedge from my back Mm -hmm. patio. So I knew the superintendent and I watched everything happen on the golf course. And that kind of gathered my interest as as a young kid. But I'm not educated in this. Um, so I, I, I really sometimes when I'm talking in my videos, I don't ever want to come across like I'm acting like I know more than I do. And that's why I really try to keep it as dumbed down as possible, because I don't like coming off or pretending to be something that I'm not. And so I try to be as genuine and authentic as possible, even if it's not received well, sometimes uh, it's just no, I, I'm willing I, I, to I, deal with that. I, I think that's fair. I, I think, uh, I, yeah, I think, trust me, uh, if there's anybody on Lawn Care YouTube that uh, has uh, played their authentic selves and has really rode into the headwinds of whatever shitstorm comes our way, that's us. <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> we have definitely uh, marched to our own beat when it comes to that. So, but, okay, so... You know, and I find I find you know that uh, you know it's compelling in a way that uh, yeah, there is a niche, right? There is you know this stratosphere up here that um, everybody's going all out, everybody's doing their thing, right? And and everything has to look perfect. I think you might have said that in that video that you know there's almost a compulsion now that if it doesn't, you know, what do you do? So you know, in in your case. Do do you when you do stuff, you know, uh, and you're either can you know uh, coming up with the content that you're going to make or planning out, you know, what you're going to do to the lawn? Is it is it a function of hey, the time I have available this week? So hey, I need yeah. to fertilize, but I'm you know what, like I ain't got time this week, so I'm either going to do it the week before and it's going to be a little early, or I'm going to do it two weeks later because it's going to be two weeks late, and that's what it is, or is it? Uh, you just do it because it feels good, uh, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just I'm just asking, like, how does it how does it come about? Uh, so I work on my videos on Saturdays. Um, mm-hmm. I don't spend any time during the week shooting anything. You, you can probably tell from a lot of them, with the exception of some here recently where I've tried to do like a take here and then move to a different background. But most of them are just one long take, uh, yeah. and and I I don't. As terrible as this may sound to creators out there, I don't plan a whole lot. Uh, I do this really, I do YouTube mainly for fun, just because I love the 
the production. I love the, the, the being in front of the camera and just piecing together a, a simple edit and trying to tell a story with what I'm talking about. But I can shoot my videos, edit them, do a thumbnail and optimize it on YouTube in about two, two and a half hours. And that's all I spend a week on, on creating a YouTube video. So it is a function and an, an equation that I do with, OK, I have this much time with work and my family is the most important thing and I will fit whatever else needs to be done in the lawn and on YouTube in and the rest. And I'm not going to spend any more on it. I don't, I, I'm not beholden to anyone. I don't have anyone to, uh, that expects something out of me. And I've said it before, if I could drop all this tomorrow and be just fine, because I'm, I'm doing it just for me and for fun more than anything. Yeah. I, I think that, so that's what I was going to say is, you know, you, uh, you you see people, and I, I mean, this is this is the honest to God truth. I, I see people on YouTube all the time that are in the lawn care space that are making videos, and you can tell. And now I'll ask this question before I, I say this: as a as a broadcast journalist, right? Even today, can you watch a, a clip or a cut or whatever of somebody and tell if they're really into it or if they're just completely faking it, like that they're passionate about what they're doing or no? Yeah, it depends. It depends on, and that's one reason, one thing I really struggled with kind of uh, in the beginning of, of doing this YouTube channel, because you're trying to, in a way, you're trying to be as genuine and authentic as possible, but you're also trying to find out what audiences are going to receive most favorably. So as I learned lawn care, it wasn't as easy for me to talk about it as it was back when I was on the news doing weather because I knew the weather and I had this insane passion for weather so I could talk about it so freely and easily. And this this kind of took some time, but you can. I think you could tell the people when you watch their videos if, if, if their motives are, um, are authentic. In, in what they're saying they love and what they're what they're talking about or if they're doing it for other reasons yeah yeah well and yeah even yeah. even that, so much as yeah the other reasons go ahead Ray. you know i mean that's like probably what is uh pervading the uh the youtube space right now right is all of these people where I look at them and I'm analyzing what they're seeing in their videos and my immediate impression of them is you have no idea what you're talking about or why you're even doing what you're doing. And that comes from the perspective of I'm one of those people where I happen to have a very deep understanding of what makes grass grow and what doesn't. And I think that's and that's the that that's the thing though, right? Is that mm-hmm. I, I think in to Travis's point, you know, you 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 talk about how hard it is sometimes, right? especially when there's like a really acute agronomic or grass issue that's taking place. You got to balance that out with, okay, I want to give people, you know, what I'm doing and give my own advice of the situation, but 
I think you know you 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 got to slant that towards this is me and this is what I'm doing. I think some people say this is me and this is what I'm doing and this is what you should do too, not knowing that hey like a lo- another Bermuda lawn and you know in, in your case that exists outside of you know Arkansas or wherever right or in you know a cool season person's case they're shooting a video from you know southeast Michigan and and, and telling everybody hey this is how it's going to be it's like well you know it, there's a drought in the northeast and you know it's hotter than crap out in Iowa like it the uh, don't 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 necessarily just take that as the gospel so you know I, and I wonder that is like when as you watch people how much other YouTube content and and, and I'm not we'll, we'll we'll dive into others content here in a minute because i think it's important to talk about is uh how much other content do you spend time watching you know just in, in general right if you had to quantify it in either the amount of time or the number of different channels that you you try to check out and just pop in and see or that you you know are, are must see for you it's probably more of my content consumption on YouTube anymore is not a whole lot of lawn care stuff. Um, I, I think there's this, and it's no knock on anybody or anything, but there's this kind of sentiment that it has to be all kumbaya. We all love each other and we're all going to watch each other. Say, I'm telling you, I got so stressed out feeling like because other creators con- commented on my stuff and watched my stuff that I had to return the favor. I mean, it's not, I, 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 that was taking time away from my kids and it was taking time away from my wife. And I was like, I cannot keep up with this kind of stuff. And it's, it's not that I don't, you know, appreciate or respect or like their work. It's just that I can't, I can't do that. I, here lately, I was saying in the pre-show that I, I, I'll find myself watching a 15 minute video of three of this guy opening three optic blaster boxes of basketball cards. Like, I, I don't know why I grew up collecting basketball and baseball cards. And that's the kind of stuff I watch. There's not a lot of lawn care stuff that I watch. And I think that was one of the, the, the downfalls and why uh, a lot of my content is the way it is, because the more I watched, um, you, you start seeing that, okay, this is what people are wanting and this is what they're watching. So it started to kind of, kind of veer me off path down a direction into maybe having to pretend like I was more knowledgeable than I was, or, yeah. you know, I was going to be, uh, you know, doing more in my lawn than I was really going to do. And, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make myself out to be one of those perfectionist lawn guys when that's not what I want. That is, I mean, I've struggled with perfectionism and OCD pretty much my entire life. And then I started noticing that something that I got into to just nurture and take care of a lawn and watch it develop and grow and enjoy the process became, it started becoming this idea of perfection and it was just sucking everything out of it. And I think that's one of the things, you know, it's impossible for us in a 10 minute video to give viewers the whole picture of who we are as a creator. And they're not going to watch all 200 and something videos and try to piece all those puzzle pieces together to know where you're coming from about this or about that. They only see what they see and hear in that one video. And and it you start finding out what people's expectations are of you as a creator. 
And I just told myself, I'm not going to go down the road where people expect me to go. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. People like it. Great. If not, that's fine. It, it's not, it's, I know there's an audience out there that appreciates it and listens. And if it's a smaller audience than it could be, that's perfectly okay. And I, I think that, that, that last part there is a wonderful statement. And I think that is sort of where, you know, we, we agree on on that premise right that you know we're we're not here to bend on the whim of what the audience wants you know uh you know if, if you were a weatherman and you know the audience doesn't want you to cut in you know with a tornado warning because they're watching their favorite rerun of golden girls well you know tough shit like it's a tornado the, family, like, the family's guess, house is right in the path of an ef3 tornado wants you to cut in on that golden exactly. yeah so exactly. yeah i mean it, it's uh See, it's called telling it like it is telling it like it is and i get it because i gotta tell you i am probably one of the most ornery service providers out there <laughs> where the green doc does not oh, have a great I... bedside manner. <laughs> no, I mean, because I'm not here to make people, you know, hold people's hand, make them feel better. I'm there to fix what's wrong with their lawn and their landscape. And a lot of that is, is telling it like it is, managing expectations, and being candid. I think I think you have to. I think you know the the way that the arc of lawn care YouTube has gone. You know it, it's probably jumped the shark in some ways, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and I I think it's it's telling. And you know, Jay Pink, go ahead and throw up that uh, that that photo, that little thing I sent you here. Uh, you you talked about that perfection thing, and this is always something I've shared this on the show before, but I love it. Uh, Doctor James Baird is sort of like. Uh, the godfather academic in turf grass right and he wrote this a long time ago and he's speaking to golf course guys in particular and so for the folks that are listening on audio i'll read it to you so professional turf grass culture is one where one of the few areas of applied plant science where the ultimate goal is perfection which is seldom achieved when reached is fleeting and therein lies the ultimate challenge further upon approaching perfection in turf grass the more evident the imperfections become, the more difficult and costly they are to correct, and therein lies the intrigue. This is a guy who saw people at their absolute best, saw some of the best turf on the planet, and saw those people that had to have the best turf on the planet have poor turf, right? Because of maybe something they had control over, maybe something they had zero control over, something in between, and had the, you know, the audacity to, to speak up on this and say, hey, listen, you know, perfection is so razor thin and so subjective, right, that it's stupid. It's, you know, this is his way. This is a, a very well-educated and well-spoken man basically saying to chase it is dumb. You know, it's not, it's not in anybody's best interest. And so I think, you know, I guess, Travis, the question for you is how do you define what's good and what falls below par for you? How do you do that, you know, from a visual standpoint, anything like that? So I mention all the time that I think everything has a season. So, you know, from, from scout time in April to 
really once about college football hits, that's when I'm like, I'm going to put in as much work in the lawn as I can and, and I'm going to make it look good. And, you know, part of me started going down that path where a weed was unacceptable. And this was all these little things that really were, you know, didn't really mean a whole lot started becoming unacceptable. And when all that, those feelings started arising, all the fun started going this way. So this past summer, we moved into our new, or last uh, December, we moved into our new house. And this past summer, I had weeds like crazy, and I was rotary mowing. But man, it was good enough because I wasn't as worried about it. So it, it, I, I don't think I have like a certain, I can't tell you in words or a picture and say, this is good enough. It's more of like a feeling like, okay, this past summer, it, it, my lawn was brand new and it didn't look as good as my old one did at my old house. But I probably enjoyed this summer in the lawn more than I have in a long time. Pushing a Troy built TV 130 rotary mower around with a really dull blade, barely watered it all and just took the rain I could get. But it was green and it was cut once every three or four days. And I wasn't stressed about it. And that was good enough. I I guess the whole concept or point to that is I call that when somebody settles and that works. I mean, I get it. I mean, because unfortunately, yesterday I got a call from somebody where they want me to go look at a rather large area where settling was the way that it was maintained and that worked, Ryan, until it didn't work. And now yeah. there's a problem. Mm. And you know what? I had some rather hard words for the person that called me. <laughs> I had some extremely harsh words for him. I told him... I, I, I... What'd you tell him? I told him, you know what? Your first mistake in this case was going along with these people settling. I never, never fall into that trap because yeah. everything's okay until it's not okay. And then you're on the hook, pal. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think defining expectations. I think that is probably one of the worst things I see done on long care YouTube. Right. And I, and I'll say this, I mean, people can argue with anything related to expectations, but Ray, how do you define your expectation? Well, my expectation is, uh, number one, short, number two, thin, Number three, green. Number number four, no weeds. And not necessarily in that order. Although I think that for me, no weeds comes first. Because this exact situation that somebody's freaking out about is because an area of constantly mowed weeds has decided to check out in our current heat wave here. 
You know how crabgrass and certain other weeds get when uh, it gets too hot? They die, right? And this guy is calling me because there's a quarter-acre area in a very high-profile location that's now brown. And now he's on the hook for it. <laughs> and Demand so, to step away real quick, uh, Ray. Yeah, but then that is where as long as when you settle, you also understand what could happen when you've settled and the potential for what you've settled on going sideways. Okay, Travis, I mean, that's like kind of my message to you too, is that there are certain standards uh, or, you know, regarding grass, where the reason why those standards are normally kept by people like me is to prevent the possibility of that area ever going sideways. You know, because I try to prevent what I can, you know, to the best of my abilities. And uh, and it's like, uh, you know, Matt says, Ray, you are the worst control freak. And, you know, I say, yes, Matt, I'm a control freak because I want as little as possible left to chance. Because whatever is whatever is left to chance uh, becomes the thing that hangs my ass. So I, I want I, as little as... Uh, as possible of that out there. Oh, I, I totally get it. And I, I think I, I really like change. Um, the few times like at my old house where I got the lawn in the best shape it's ever been, <clears throat> that's when I started getting mm-hmm. bored. I, I tend to like, I kind of want things. And if you've seen what my lawn looks like right now this fall, I mean, I've I've not done anything to it. And, and I think I've found that when I'm most happy out in the lawn is when something does need to be fixed, when something is wrong and I have something <laughs> to work towards. Um, I think as a business owner for 10 years, that's, that's what, I, what I enjoyed most about it, that it was always changing. There was all in the restaurant business, there was always something going on, a piece of equipment going down, employees not showing up. I mean, it was the the challenges of things kind of you know getting outside the lines every once in a while is 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 what i enjoyed about it because i do have those obsessive perfectionist tendencies and and things going a little bit sideways help me keep those in check as opposed to uh feeding the beast all the time which which i've learned over the years it isn't just bad for me. It's also bad for those people in my life, like my wife and my kids. If I'm always seeking perfection, then what really goes downhill at that point is my relationship with them because I'm not worried about how well that's going. I'm worried about everything else. So I, right. I, if everything else goes sideways in my life and kind of 
gets out of whack as long as I can keep the family, the, the, the expectations of my wife met and what, what, what she needs and my kids need, then I can, I can figure out the, uh, the, the stuff in the lawn. And not to mention, if I do get some white clover in the background, my kids love in the backyard, my kids love picking the little white flower because they think they think they found a beautiful flower when I'm sitting there going, eh, let's let's not drag that thing all over the yard. OK, let's go throw that over the fence. <laughs> well, you know. That is, uh, I guess, all part of, uh, you know, just knowing, you know, how much things can go, you know, in either way. And uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, this is kind of my burning question. You know, when you see something in the law, okay, when is your, or where is your line where you're seeing it and you're thinking, Okay, this is not good because uh I know for me I have I guess a slightly different line as far as that goes. Because essentially like, are, are you saying if I see something like how quickly do I act on it? Like okay, if if I see something am I going to like yeah. take care of it is um it's usually if if it's something major I'll wait i mean it it really just has to it's a it's a function of time whenever i get the time mm -hmm. for it and and especially this time of year in the fall i spend mo pretty much every single saturday d doing nothing but college football stuff i'm watching college football from the time i get up to <laughs> the time i go to bed so yeah i don't get in the fall time i don't get a whole lot done and in being a teacher in the summer i have more time so if I see something in the summer, I, I'll act on it pretty quickly because I've got, you know, two months off from work. So I'm able to to jump on stuff right away. And it really just depends on what time of year it is. Um, if school's in, I'll get to it when I can. If it's summertime, I'll get to it immediately. Yeah, you know, OK, that, that's a, that's a pretty fair answer, because uh, that was something that I, I just kind of was wondering, because. I kind of look at things happening in terms of is this going to kill the lawn? Is this going to result in a resod? Uh, is this uh, going to lead to worse things if I don't, you know, do something about it? And because here's the here's the thing is that I understand that fall for a warm season grass in the transition zone that's basically when everything is kind of closing down for the year okay it's kind of closing down for the year that's uh that's just how it is and so i could imagine that things are not as critical and i'm glad you kind of cleared that up uh regarding things happening during peak growing season from uh you know, spring through summer, because I kind of wondered about that. Yeah, if it's it, even if we're in school during the springtime, I'm more likely to act on it faster because I have such a long season ahead of me. So I want it mm -hmm. to be set up. 
Now with, with Bermuda, when it's the fall, I know there are things we can do with Bermuda to get it better, you know, for a quicker green up in the spring and all those things. But it, whatever's going wrong now, I'm going to cut as much of it off after the last frost or freeze in April of next year. And it's kind of a clean slate to start all over. I'm, I'm not so concerned about a quick green up and all that kind of stuff. It's, I'm a I'm a weather freak myself, so I, I realize how much weather plays into all that. Uh, so so certainly in the spring and summer, I'm much quicker to act on things. But the fall, I'm I'm checking out with it just about the time it starts checking out. Okay, that is uh, where the uh, you know that whole thing about I can kind of see that is that. All through winter is basically when your seasons are pretty much over, right? It's uh, you're done, and so my next uh, question to you, or you know, my next comment to you is that I'm glad you brought that up about how the first spring green up isn't important you know it's not that important because you know i'm personally envious of people like you because you have so many months out of the year where the grass is no longer your problem because that's what i like about it (laughs) no because because for me i get to worry about grass different issues but i get to worry about grass literally 12 months out of the year i couldn't do it i would hate it at that point and that's why i'm okay if our if we get a late last freeze in april and an early freeze in october because the later the freeze in, in april and the earlier the freeze in october it's it's it it's the, the right amount of time or a, a more ideal amount of time of the good thing that I enjoy from spring to fall. And we're, we're looking at our first freeze this next week. And that's going to be, I'm looking at getting my last mow in this weekend. And oh, yeah. I'm going to get all the equipment stabilized for the winter. And it's time to start thinking about Christmas lights. So I don't have to think about oh, the lawn man. anymore, which is, I move from one oh. thing to the next. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of a, and because the reason why I think about that is because, for example, like the way I have to think is what I do from June, July, August, September, October, for me, determines how well the grass holds up November, December, January, February, March, April. Okay, that's uh, that's just you know kind of like the reality of my existence. And if somebody doesn't play the long game in from June till October, they they can be in for a horrible surprise here. Oh, I can't imagine. No, they can be in a horrible yeah. surprise because here's the problem. I don't go dormant where I'm at. 
right? However, the grass is put in a situation that I think is even worse than dormancy because it is halfway between growing and being dormant. So it's at a very weak state. It's still green, but it's not really growing. And anything that can go wrong will probably go wrong at this time of the year. We just had our, um, and it's tough too, because I'm, I'm not one of those people that's going to fight the elements. We just finished a, almost a 40-day stretch of zero rainfall. We finally got a half inch of rain yesterday. And mm-hmm. my utilities are already high enough, and my living expenses and everything else from gas to whatever else we got to pay for, groceries, are already way too high for me to justify trying to fight a lawn in the fall by manually irrigating it with hoses and sprinklers just to keep it looking good for another month and a half. So for me, I'm like, the cost benefit analysis for paying that extra money on a water bill isn't worth it. I can fix whatever I need to in the spring and we'll enjoy that process of trying to whip things back into shape. Because as I mentioned a while ago, if it was always nice, I wouldn't be as interested in it as I am because I like the little things that go wrong. And and for some people, they don't like that. They would prefer to be perfect all the time or as close to perfect as possible. But I think that's, to go back to Ryan's question earlier, I think that's another motivation uh, for my channel. And, and, And we see it in just about everything in our world. And that's kind of why I use the example of, you know, fitness stuff. You've got bodybuilders who are going to tell you how many, how much of everything in your diet you should have and how many times you should be working out and how many hours of sleep and everything you should be doing. And then you have other people that just say, look, I want to, I want to stay physically active so I can live a healthy life and shed a few pounds. And I'm not worried about all those other things. So we tend to, in our worlds online, we follow so much pertaining to one particular niche or genre that we think that that is the way it is. And if you ask me, we need more people, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, I, we need more people thinking online a little bit closer to my not-so-perfectionist attitude because I think it has the opportunity to grow people into lawn care. Because if I got on the lawn care on YouTube or online right now, I'd probably be scared away if I was just getting started. Because it would, with my personality and my obsessive uh, tendencies and perfectionist tendencies, I would probably go, I can't take that on. I, I'm, I'm just gonna pay somebody to do it, mow it once every two weeks and, and, and be done with it. But, um, you know, it's, we, we've kind of, it seems like it's getting into the per- perfectionist realm where it's not going to get back from that. So people can either like somebody that doesn't want it to be that way or do- doesn't feel like it has to be that way or, or not. It's, it's, it's well, well, whatever. I, I, can, I, can give, I can give you yet another take, Travis, in that I have to try to deliver perfection or near perfection, but I only got two hands, and I only got 
so many hours in the day. And so, do you know what I do? Everything I do is about working harder. Rather than working harder, I work a lot smarter. Okay? I work a lot smarter. It's not about pulling back on effort for the sake of pulling back on effort. I view it in terms of whatever I do has to be meaningful and has to be worth doing and it has to absolutely make an impact. I mean, in other words, for example, I ain't impressed with the people that say they have to cut their grass every day. I ain't impressed. And do you know why I ain't impressed, Travis? Because I get that same look that they work so hard for, only having a lawn mowed once every 10 to 14 days. I can do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, days. I, I'm seeing in the comments people don't like my take. Here's the thing. I work five days a week educating sixth and seventh graders. That's where my perfection lies, making a difference <laughs> in those young ch children's lives, not whether or not I'm following the perfect agronomics of lawn care. That is my escape from my day job. So I totally get where you're coming from because that is your day job. I owned a restaurant for 10 years. So you better believe from the time I woke up and crawled out of bed in the morning till the time I went to sleep at night, I worked my ass off harder and smarter in any way I could get a leg up on my competition. Oh, yeah. It's just in, in the way we choose to approach what is a job and what, how we choose to approach a hobby. That's why I've said I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't try to come across as the perfectionist that people should listen to when it comes to lawn care, because I am just the guy next door to you sharing what he's doing, because I promise when people walk through my neighborhood, they're going to say, what is that guy doing? They're not going to say, is he a professional turf grass scientist? Like I'm just sharing <laughs> what i do and, and 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 that's what i'm saying i can tell from comments that people get all bent out of shape because they say i'm denying turf grass science no i'm not i'm just saying that i don't have the desire the i'm not going to spend the finances on it and i frankly hate science i hated science in school i hate science now i love I teach audiovisual technology, AV tech and film. I love that. I love making videos. I love working with cameras. I love cooking. I love all sorts of things. I just so happen to like to have a nice lawn at my house, mainly because I'm a homeowner and I take pride in anything I own. And that for a lot of folks is a first impression of who that homeowner is. And I don't want to be that guy in the neighborhood. So, it's 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 where I spend my efforts towards making a difference and my efforts in making a difference are in my family and in my classroom. And as long as those oh, two yeah. places are met, guess what? Yeah. The grass can burn the hell down for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> After all, we do have a saying. 
is that it's only grass. <laughs> I mean, that is like that is like my point as well. And because but I, I find me, it I so com- funny. I find it yeah, so well, funny. See, that... Go ahead. You know, you see, here's where I guess a lot of people don't understand because for me, I was telling Ryan and Matt that actually you and I, we don't, we're not that far apart when you think about it, you know, we're not. And the reason why we're not that far apart is because one of the first things I tell people is you want perfect? Well then, here you go, buddy. Here's the list of requirements. First, you better schedule the rain and schedule the sun <laughs> and all of the weather. And when you can do when you, when you can do all of that and also schedule that around my available time, then we can talk about perfect. Otherwise, you want perfect. Strip this crap out and lay astroturf. Done. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of people doing I mean, that. Okay, there, there are. But, you know, we talk a lot about how that type of landscaping has a pretty bad downside. We talk about that a lot on our other show, Burn and Return, because... Synthetic or artificial turf, that collects heat. That makes your house and your neighborhood hotter if you if you decide to do that. I'm we don't waiting, have enough for that. I'm waiting for somebody to come out with the uh, the synthetic turf lawn care channel and sell all kinds <laughs> of products like, you know, lawn shampoo, <laughs> lawn conditioner, lawn shampoo, lawn straight, lawn. lawn Lawn straightener, the lawn, lawn curl, the lawn, I mean, va- the lawn, lawn pearl, lawn vacuum, the lawn vacuum. You know? Oh yeah, and and because this is like a, you know, like a carpet. Ryan, I found out that there's a need for a UV sterilizer for yeah, that one's uh, the sun. The sun does a pretty good job on producing UV rays. It's only inside. If you have inside turf, that's where you need it. But, uh, um, you know, here's the thing, though. Go ahead. What I actually, what I actually find though is, look, I have some of my hot takes, and I have not so uh, well received opinions. But I want to make it really clear. I, I have friends that are those perfectionists. I, I, on YouTube and in real life, and. And even listening to guys like you who really do know what you're talking about, because I think the way I do, doesn't mean I think anything less of the way you think. Like, mm-hmm. I actually admire it. I can respect and appreciate anybody's opinion or approach to anything. It just, I just, it always makes me laugh when some people get so bent out of shape about the way I think. I mean, it's like, just because I make videos about it, sure, I put myself out there and you go, I get all that and I'm okay with that. But, you know, getting upset about it, if you know anything about YouTube strategy and, and things of that nature, that's only good for creators, okay? You're just helping me out and I'm just going to play that. It's just another angle 
for me to play. And I enjoy that kind of stuff. Like I enjoy that. That's I, I I'm always, it, it, yeah, we're not going to get into that, but it's fun to me. That's part of the fun <laughs> to me. That's why I do YouTube too. I get I love that. I love the, the game behind it, the analytical side behind it. It's fun. It's fun. So, okay. So speaking of the analytical side, what is, if there was one problem, issue, pain in the butt, whatever, in your lawn, that you, if you, you said, hey, I wish I could solve that somehow, and whether it's a time thing, money thing, uh, whatever, uh, an aesthetics thing, what is that thing? What's one thing that well, you wish the, you could either make better change, what, you know, what, what, the, what might that be? Well, the, the new house we, we moved into in, in December of last year, right, right when we looked at the next door house that was being built, and I saw that, I don't know if you've seen this new one we're in, the front yard is like a ski slope. The backyard has a r big retaining wall going through the middle of it. I mean, for somebody that likes lawn care, it pretty much sucks. Like, it sucks. So um, it, it, it's, it's tough because I, I know that I'm not going to be able to approach this lawn the way I would ideally want to. But in the end, it wasn't, wasn't really up to me. It was up to my wife. She wanted this house. It was what our family needed. It was the right size and floor plan. It was tough finding houses at the time, right before the market went bananas. Um, so it, it worked for my family. Now, uh, this is where I'm going to completely go against my whole budget lawns thing. Um, and it, it's because it's not practical. The, the lawn we have now, if you've seen the front yard, it's not practical. I've watched my little boy run out the front door and fall from the front porch to the the sidewalk like multiple times now. It's really that steep. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to invest the money to have it terraced with some some retaining walls and, and, and have this thing completely ripped out and redone which I'm already prepared for people to go, oh, it looks like a budget lawn to me, but it's about the practicality for my family. We have a nice front porch. We sit up on a hill and we can't even go out and enjoy the front lawn because it's so sloped. Not to mention every time I mow it, I have almost fallen so many times. I twisted my ankle one time this past summer. I thought I broke it because I slipped down the hill. So, um, you know, here's, here's the thing, Travis, you know, you are going to be one of the first people where, again, I'm going to agree with you again because my pet peeve or my no-go in a lawn is a bad grade. It's that terrible. is my no-go. No, that's my no-go because I got to tell you, for me, if there's any kind of a grade or incline to to a lawn or a ditch through it, my God, I raise unholy hell. I mean, I want a bulldozer on that property to make that stinking thing flat. And we're okay. and, and I also and, look at it too. Once I get the walls in and we're gonna do some planters in between them, it's less turf I have to manage. It's, I'm going to do a lot more landscaping. I'm going to have flower beds and ground covers, and and I enjoy that aspect of it too. So I'm going to cut down the turf by giving myself, and my wife wants to get in on the landscaping stuff. She loves doing that kind of stuff. So um, it's something we'll all be able to hopefully do together. And 
it won't be as such of an undertaking when I'm strapped on time. That's good. Sure. I mean, you see, when you said a steep grade, my first thought was, how do you safely mow that? Because I've actually had moments here where can you imagine me running after a mower? I've done that. It's not fun, is it? <laughs> oh, especially there, there when been... their mower is about to go first go blast through somebody's car <laughs> and then go through to right into the middle of oncoming traffic. It's so steep, I can't go up and down. I have to go east and west. Exactly. And it's just exactly. I mean, and it's and it's 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 one of those things that I would have loved to have done it when we were building the house, but it was at the height of all the price increases, and builders were realizing they were losing their tail ends on on any new construction they were building and trying to rework contracts and raise prices and all that kind of stuff. So it got to the point where. The house we sold, our t they we fortunately found a buyer that gave us twelve months to lease it back. That time was running out because we were already six months behind on a new house. So mm -hmm. it just got to the point where, in my area, you have to have a fully sodded yard for a certificate of occupancy. So it got to the point where I said, "Just do what you got to do." We I got to move my family, and it was Christmas. Uh, we moved in on New Year's Eve. And I had to get my family in. I said, do what you got to do and I'll figure it out from there. Um, because the builder did not want us involved in anything because he had to get done because he and his investor were, were um, their dollars were going up by the second. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. I mean, and, uh, and if that's the case, kind of a silver lining because then I always look at regrades as opportunities. Okay. I look at them as opportunities in that when somebody tells me regrade, I said, all right. Then that means that you put in adequate drainage systems. That means that you also put in ideal soil media so that you can grow grass and grow plants and not just leave it to whatever fill material the builder used. So yeah. And, and that's what we're going to do. We're, we're <laughs> going to, uh, we're going to rework all the underground gutter extensions mm -hmm. and run them out through the walls of the street. And I think one thing, because we're going to have so much landscaping space, it's going to be dug out and, and the, the, between the terraces will be planters. I think we're going to, uh, there'll be so much less turf grass. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on a north facing front yard up on a hill. So in the wintertime, my front yard gets pretty much no sun whatsoever. Um, so I think I've got the Tiffway 419 in the back. I think I'm going to um, go ahead and splurge just a little bit and go with the Latitude 36 in the front. Because from what I understand, Latitude 36 is a little bit more resistant to spring dead spot. And my old house was a north-facing lawn. And 
it suffered really bad from spring dead spot because it never got sun to dry it out. And we get pretty wet winters sometimes. And so I'm going to use this as an opportunity to fix all the drainage and put down some latitude 36 as opposed to Tifway 419. Okay, you know what? I'm already liking that because, you know, for me, 419 is one of the reasons why Bermuda grass has such a bad name in my area. Okay, 419. It doesn't like shade. It kind of falls apart and struggles in the winters here. It uh, is very disease susceptible. It's very water and fertilizer hungry. You know, I think something like a more winter hardy and shade tolerant Bermuda would be kind of the ticket for you. And here's the thing that kind of falls into your premise of budget. And do you know why I say that falls into your premise of budget? It's less work and time and product that I would have to put into it if something were to go wrong. You won't have as many of the issues to chase after Hell in the first yeah. place because you see, I find 419, that's cool if you're a sports field or a golf course and you can throw all these resources at it. It's cool. But in a lot of home lawns, that ain't the case. At all. I mean, that ain't the case. I mean, 419 is just, to me, it belongs on sports fields, it belongs on golf courses, and it's not a particularly good fit for a homeowner is is my uh, research that I've come up with on the latitude thirty six is that what is your understanding of that variety of Bermuda grass? No, that is uh, something that has greatly improved on, I guess, the shortcomings of the legacy varieties like 419, you know, what, what's come out in the last 15 to 20 years, Bermuda variety wise, is such a terrific improvement, okay? That's an improvement because I personally am a fan of this variety called Tifgrand. And the reason why I like Tifgrand is, can you imagine a Bermuda grass thrives on being mowed low, it doesn't need very much water, and it also doesn't need very much fertilizer, and all through that, it just maintains a very deep, dark shade of green. It is pretty impressive. It is. Yeah. And I don't know, Ray, I mean, what would the maximum it. height be? What would you consider to be, and, 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 and you know, hey, listen, what would the budget height be for Tifcran. Two inches? Okay. Did you get it up that high? Hell yeah. No. No. Really? It just wouldn't grow Tifcran, up that tall. It wouldn't it wouldn't grow up that tall, but then when you do get it to grow up that tall, 
it's not a nice grass anymore. It's thatchy and it's brown. Oh. That's what I'm trying to think of, like, what would be... So, Travis, what do you typically mow at? What's your, what's your preferred, like, height of cut? So, I just rotary mowed this summer. And, the, mm-hmm. I mean, there are holes in the lawn where my whole fist can disappear. It's so bad. Uh, so, I kept oh. the height at, like... I mean, it was terribly... I mean, it, it was it was what you would expect from a new construction lawn, really, uh, where the homeowner's not in control of it. Yeah. So I, I had the blade set at like two and two and three quarters or something like that. The four setting. If once I get everything sanded down and uh, smooth, Flat. as smooth as possible, I, I like the one inch, the one and a quarter. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, I don't I'm have to mow it every other day. I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw a curveball out at you here, and you're gonna like this. And the reason that you're gonna like this is because of the shirt you're wearing. You do know what is in Razorback Stadium, right? You know what grass they play on. Tahoma. Tahoma. So, to, and and there's a lot of people already doing the Tahoma. Well, not a lot, but the lawn tools have done it, and they're they, mm-hmm. and you know if I'm gonna put something down new, uh, there's not many people that have seen a whole lot about latitude latitude 36. So, mm-hmm. from my research, now, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Everything I've read says that it is one of the more disease-resistant, spring-dead spot-resistant Bermuda grasses. Um, yeah, lap, and lap I, 36, the thing you'll see most is dollar spot. That's the thing you're going to see the most of. And we have very However, humid summers. Um, so it, it could be great to just give another alternative for Bermuda online, sure. here's which the is thing, another plus. Here's the thing but here's the thing about dollar spot that here's how you kind of manage it is three things to consider. Number one, your soil pH. Number two, how much nitrogen you give the grass. And number three is your iron and micronutrient levels. That's kind of how you manage because, believe it or not, as a professional lawn care person, fungicides are not my first answer to a disease issue. In fact, my answers are as follow. Number one, height of cut and thatch. Number two... Soil pH number three and four is the nitrogen levels and the iron and other micronutrients. So, what my point is on this is that if you say if you go to something like the latitude 36 or the you know, I wouldn't let the dollar spot be like a deal breaker for that. Yeah, it's not a deal breaker. And, no. you know, the thing is, is you, typically you'll get weather on the backside of it, but you'll grow out of it in a hurry. So it's not something that I'd, I'd worry too much about. You know, on, on spring dead spot, again, something else you can grow out of if you, if you really, really have to. But, um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I think, you know, I agree that, 
there's nobody doing that the the lot thirty six thing right and trying that out. I don't think it's a bad grass for that area at all. I think uh, you know the only other one I would consider is its cousin is Northbridge. Northbridge. I don't know how it would do at a lawn height, but uh, also a solid, uh, very very dependable grass and can stand up to you know some of the winters that you'll have where you know you do get like those ice storms and things like that. And that's what always freaks out you know uh bermuda growers is you know snow's one thing snow's actually an insulator but ice ice you know for any sustained period of time you know a day or more and that could be the end just right there so not we had not a pretty idea. good ice storm last year that knocked us out for um three days we were under oh, ice gosh. for about three days so and, and there's a there's a there are some good eastern Oklahoma farms that grow to home run, Latitude 36, and yep. uh, a couple of the other ones. So it's also readily available. So mm-hmm. some of those are are, are po- more commonly grown just, a, I mean, a half hour, hour west of here. Yeah, I think that's, and that's the key too, is that you got to have it out just in case, you know, uh, it's budget lawns, but you got to have a lawn, right? You know, so if, yeah. if, if it uh, if bad stuff happens, you know, you can uh, you can do it. I'm looking up my boy, Sod by Sherry. However, oh here, where's however, he at? Oh, he's here's at. the thing is that here's where I rather spend my money. I rather spend my money on good site preparation and good, you know, and picking a good variety. You know, that's uh, because, like, what I deal with in my work most frequently is junk grass and even worse, site prep. And you couple that with somebody asking, I expect my lawn to look like a golf fairway. Why doesn't it look like that? And I tell them, well, first of all, why did you pick a crap grass? Numbers and huh. second, who was your landscape person that didn't know how to grade and brought you ugly fill soil when they should have been bringing you sand? Who did that to you? <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure you watched it happen, <laughs> Travis, with with your new place. Is yeah. it's amazing, and I'll tell you what, like. People dog, I'll just kind of, you know, bring it to to my world for just a second here is, you know, you think about like, you know, you see home builders and it's garbage soil and nobody cares about the grade. It's, you know, looks like a Lay's potato chip with grass laid over top of it. It's awful. (laughs) Same thing in the commercial world. I mean, it is just, it's amazing how, uh, you know, that last 5% to really like do a good job. And again, I think that's one. I'd be interested like that. Uh, I'll tell you, like that might be the one like uh, like I would probably watch over and over and over again is to watch you do like a full renovation on the front, like or whatever, just to see, you know, I think the OCD would kick in. And I think some of that the the budget mindset isn't always like, hey, you know, do no harm, do the least amount possible. I think sometimes it requires you to think, hey, I, this is a once in a you know, generation opportunity. We're not going to, you know, redo the front yard every, you know, two or three or four or five years. You know, uh, daddy's got bills to pay, right? So not only that, or, I want to get that. this right and I'm going to nail it. The, 
That's so what we, because we looked at it in a, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, because you got to look at it uh, in terms of when it comes to grass. I always say that there there's almost nothing good that happens in grass or is done in grass that is fast. Nothing good happens. Nope. I mean, it's all bad stuff. It's all horrid stuff. I mean, because to give you another example. I'm working with somebody else right now where their new sprig install, Ryan, looks like the surface of Mars. Really? Yeah. And so what I had the guy doing to fix that was he rolled it about five times with a 1,000-pound roller. Hmm. Okay, wow. because I told him, if, you know, whoever did this to you, my goodness, because how the, in the world are you supposed to mow this? Because you see, in my world, grass is kept at three quarters of an inch or shorter. That's just how it is. That yeah. is a maintained lawn. It's short. There's no uh, such uh, thing uh, as a two and three quarter inch or two and a half inch grass area. Let me let me ask this, Travis. Is as you go around, right, in your neighborhood, your town, you know, the 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 local area there, right? I mean, do you? I don't want to say judge. That's a strong. It could be a strong or pejorative word, right? But you know, <laughs> when you look at somebody else's lawn, do you do you look at it as better or worse? by your definition and say okay hey like there's a guy that you know is going all out and it looks good or there's somebody who's you know doing their thing and and hanging in there and it looks good too it looks you know just as good to me as travis right how do you how do you look at other people's stuff and and judge it i, th- I think of uh, i've just come to the realization of how valuable time is and I'm going to be honest, sometimes I go to my little brother's house and he's got a wife and two little kids. One's about to be two and the other one's not even one yet. And he has somebody mow that thing once a week. It's all weeds. I mean, they abuse that backyard. And I'm envious sometimes because I understand how much time it takes to get when you see that nice lawn, how much time it takes to get that and how much effort and attention you have to give it. And I understand that because I know that, I know that my little brother has this abundance of time that I don't have because he doesn't have this hobby. And it opens him up to so many other opportunities that he and his wife and kids take a lot of advantage of. So it's, I think I got past that looking at oh, that person's got a really nice lawn or their lawn's terrible looking or whatever, because I, I kind of know what it takes to get one or the other now. And mm. sometimes you're like, gotta, is it is it really stop. worth it to get that? Maybe. I gotta stop sometimes you. it is. I got to stop. I got to stop you. Because that whole thing of mowing, having oh, to yeah. mow something like that even weekly, 
You know what I call that? Working harder, not smarter. And the reason why I say that is because guess how often I mow these turf grass areas kept at three quarters of an inch, Travis? Guess how? Guess how often? How much? About once every 14 days. Man with a plan. I think. I, th- I think my my brother pays some teenage kid that he knows like however much to come okay. cut the grass like once every two okay. two weeks or something like that. Wow. But here's but here's what I do instead of in some cases I also know other lawns that are maintained on the model of more work for diminishing returns. And guess how often they need to be mowed like that? Every other day. Yeah. And that's, so that's that's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge but for you know, me because but, so many people want to want you to do. Go ahead. But you know how I. But you know how I get it done. One time a month, Travis. I apply something called a plant growth regulator to the turf grass. And that reduces the vertical growth on the grass by at least 50 to 75%. In fact, next week, Tuesday, I'm getting on the plane and I'm going to land in Atlanta. I'm going to meet up with Jay Pink and Jay Pink is then going to take me from the airport to meet up with Ryan and Matt in Louisville. and. While I'm there for the week in Louisville, I ain't worried about anybody's lawn getting overgrown. <laughs> okay? I ain't worried. That's called the vacation mix. Is, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's where part of my my challenge is because people tell you, I, I know the PGR believers, but but for me, if I if I only do lawn care for a certain season of the year, and by season, I mean from April to September. You know, I, Travis, it's still I, worth it. It's still worth it. But, still worth it. but I, I, so that's where I try to balance not cutting so low to where it has to be mowed every other day and cutting at a height like an inch or an inch and a quarter, where I can do it every three days or four days. And that is part, because I will, being a teacher, I will go crazy sitting inside all the time. So, For me, it is really like a balancing act of trying to not take away something that I enjoy as a stress reliever while also trying to chase, I don't know the right way to say it, but making it easy like and less time consuming. So Go ahead, Ray. I shouldn't say easy. I should say less time consuming because I do like... I do like the work. I am a project-oriented person, so I want to mm-hmm. mow and I want to be out on and I want to do those things, but I have to find this a way is- to do that to where it's not with a greens mower, where I have to do more than I want to do, which makes it a chore and a burden as opposed to a an enjoying 
hobby, say, like going to play golf or going to uh, well, Travis, do whatever with your friends. Okay, Travis, even with a plant growth regulator, it doesn't mean that you eliminate mowing entirely. Do you know what that means? Mowing-wise is that, like, even when I mow these lawns once every 14 days, what happens is my mowing, etc., turns into a very quick and enjoyable operation versus what happens if that turf area is not on PGR, okay? So, so I guess here, here's my not, question. It's not like it. Oh, go ahead, Ray. It's not like it cuts it. It's not like it cuts off mowing entirely. But what it does is it can make the process, irregardless of the height of cut that you're maintaining, a much quicker and less strenuous process. Okay? I mean, it doesn't, it, it will not be such a time suck, irregardless of the height of cut that, you, that you're maintaining at. It's not going to, like, take away mowing entirely, but what it's going to do is, number one, it's going to make mowing a lot faster because you're not taking off as much vertical growth. And number two, there's also what I call plant health benefits. And you know what those plant health benefits are? Guess what happens to the grass when it's not sending so much energy Towards vertical growth. The grass is then sending that energy towards maintaining density and also roots. So, you know, think of it as doing a lot of things for the grass and for you, but at what I consider minimal cost. I mean, for me, it's totally worth it because if I didn't have PGR, I'd have to tell a lot of my customers, guess what? Uh, you better put up a spare bedroom in your house because I'm going to have to live here. That would be interesting. Okay? I'm gonna live to, in lawn I'd care to, right there. Yeah, I have to live there. So <laughs> That would be, that'd be a, a whole reality show. Right there. Now, Travis, <laughs> what would you do if you had that? And, and I'm just going to ask this way. If you had that time reallocated, right, let's forget about non-lawn activities for a second, right? The other thing, go kick it with the boys, you know, go play with your your kids and your wife and have fun. If there was something else, like let's just say that is as therapeutic in the lawn. You said you love the work. Is there something else besides mowing that if, you know, if you went down the PGR Hole, right and this is just all hypothetical but if you did that and let's just say your mowing time was reduced by 40 percent is there something else useful in the yard that you would be would feel forget about the science forget about all the other stuff something else that you would feel as uh you know as much of a catharsis is about as you do with mowing right because obviously it's very you know it, it's very important to you mentally right to get out of the house and mow and do that and take care of the yard there's something else that that time could be spent on if you went down that road. Well, if I if I did what 
I would do. I would just give up on lawn care altogether. Um, oh, because really? it, it would, yeah, if, if I wanted to, I would join a country club and play golf every day in the summer. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, that's what I grew up doing. I, I, I played competitive hey. golf and uh -huh. played, I mean, oh, from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed in the summers as a kid, I played golf all day long, all day long. Wow. So if I could, I would quit lawn care altogether and go buy a golf, get a golf membership at one of the country clubs and just play golf all day and pay somebody else to do my lawn. But I'm a teacher and so is my wife. I can't afford to do that. So right <laughs> now I am doing the lawn care. Um, and, and as a teacher, when you have two months off where you don't have to ever go to work, I have to stay busy in some way, shape or form because after owning a business for 10 years where I worked six to seven days a week, anywhere from 60 to a hundred hours a week as a restaurant owner, all I know is having to work. I like working. I come from a working family. Um, mm -hmm. So I like working. The difference is, is, I don't want to put, uh, I, I want to still work in the lawn. I, I don't know the right way to say it because it's just mm -hmm. in my head and it's, it's very apparent that, you know, uh, some people Travis? think I'm not making sense, but no, in my head, it makes, you're not. It, it makes you're, you're, you're doing your you're doing it your way. I mean, there's like okay, let let me put it this way. Maybe this maybe this will make sense, right? You got the guy that's got the old school wood shop, right? That doesn't have you know a table saw, doesn't have you know all the fancy tools like you'd go see in Norm Abrams shop, right? You know, an old Yankee workshop. He does it all by hand. He can build does a he, hell of a rocking chair. Does he have to do it that way? No. I mean, does it take him a lot more time? Yeah. And that goes Is back to what I said earlier. People mm -hmm. have gotten conditioned with a lot of things in our world to think that it's one way or the high. It's like if you start watching some of these people that do these home building YouTube channels or anything about your house, mm -hmm. everything is you will worry about everything in your house because something will have been done wrong by your builder on your cabinet. Something will have been done wrong by your electrician, something we it, it, fear sells. So everything is about making people feel like they're doing something the wrong way and you have to do it this way. So anyone who doesn't do it that way that everyone else thinks you have to do it that way, they're not making sense. They're the confusing one. They're running around in circles like, but it works for me. The funny thing is, is how it makes other people feel so perturbed that, okay. Yeah. It's me, not the me, way they it, do it. Let me flip it another way. Is do you know what I do when I'm given more time because I'm no longer having to do as much mowing, trimming, and picking up clippings? Do you know what I do when I, with all that time? I spend my limited time and my two hands to make everything else in that lawn and landscape as good as it can be. I mean, See, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in that though. It's not, yeah, that's well, not interesting to me. 
So when I get home from work every day, like right now, I help my wife cook dinner. We eat a family dinner together every single evening. I help give the kids baths and showers. And we sit down on the couch every single evening as a family and spend an hour and a half to two hours every single evening as a family before we both put the kids together. So there are a lot of things people in this lawn care world are interested in that, frankly, I don't care about. And it's okay that I don't care about those things. Like, it's totally fine. I, I don't think anything different of the people that do care about those things. It, it, that's cool. It's a different perspective. I don't care. Like, it's, it's so hard for one person, no matter who we are, to like paint the picture that we hope people will see out of the things we say. There's no way we can do it. There's no way we can do it. So all I can say, and the easiest way for me to say it is, what a lot of people in lawn care care about, I don't give a crap about them. That's just the blunt, honest truth. I don't care. Like, they can argue with me till they're blue in the face. I don't care. It might not make sense. It might not follow agronomics. It might not follow what I should be doing as a lawn care person. And that's why I don't pretend to do those things on budget lawns. Sometimes I wish it wasn't called budget lawns. Sometimes I wish it was just my name, kind of like Connor Ward. Connor can do whatever he wants and he doesn't really, he's not pigeonholed into a brand in that sense. Like I wish it was just my name. Well, Connor Ward, believe me, the guy has a brand. He has a brand. Oh, he's got a brand. No, I, he has a brand and the brand is him. The brand is him. It's not and you budget know, lawns. And you know, I wish mine was know, just me. Here's the, here's the thing is that like with the uh, honor. Driver, you're not worry. listening. That's the problem. People like driver don't listen. I've already said that. <laughs> Come on, try to keep up. <laughs> okay. Try to keep up. The, the, uh, the thing about Connor is that, you know, I affectionately know him and a lot of people know him as the lawn rebel. I mean, he does what he does. He doesn't pretend to be an expert. He doesn't uh, promote products. He doesn't, he just says, this Am is- Am I not doing all those same things on budget lawns? You are. You are doing those same things. Is that you're not. Uh, but I don't have almost 100,000 subscribers. So people don't. They want to get more irked by it as opposed to just saying, oh, he's just doing his thing. Well, you see, with Connor, though, let me let you in on something. A lot of what Connor does, frankly, alarms me. And I tell oh. him so. Okay. Okay. I tell him so. I mean, a lot of what he does just alarms me. <laughs> I think I think Con- Connor Connor in the way that uh, you know the, the the OCD nature that you talk about and you know the need to have it perfect and everything like that and the fact that um that dude is just 150 miles an hour all the time. I mean, I can <laughs> I can say this on you know for sure. I mean. Connor will call me up. He'll text me out of the blue 
and exactly what you see on camera is exactly how he is. That's no, oh, yeah, there's, there's no, there's nothing, right? And that's why people love him. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think that, uh, you know, to, you know, I, I don't know that he is, I, I'll say this, this is the, probably the same, the, the same thread that, where you guys connect, right, on YouTube, is that he's not speaking to his audience or for his audience. I think he's just trying to speak. And it whatever comes out, right, it just resonates with people. And, I, and clearly with your channel, like, there are people that it resonates with. And there's people, I mean, he gets hate too. He gets hate too that, he hey, a, this shouldn't he, be he this way. And I, I think the, the thing about it is is that, uh, you know, how you lean into it, right? You know, he, he, he just ignores it completely. And I'm not saying that you need to or you should or anything. I'm not telling you how to, you know, run your, run your gig. It's more of, uh, you know, I think people that are, you know, uh, of a of an analytical or a science, you know, a scientific nature, or are, are gonna poke the bear. They're gonna say, "Hey, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right, right?" And I think, and I like. I, I've had I've had to learn. Oh, I know, I know. I've seen your kind. I get it. <laughs> and man, that's I get the fun, it. That's fun for me. And I, I I get. Oh, trust me, I get it. You lean back into it, and I think that's the thing is that uh, I've had to accept this and and see it. Right in my in my career in my point of view is that you deal with you know something that is so subjective but also so scientific right but there's also an art to it right and blending all those things together means that sometimes you'll you'll talk to somebody who's super scientific and doesn't get any of the art and any of the analytical stuff behind it they just want to talk about the science in a vacuum that's like well hey we live in the real world right and then you talk about the analytical folks that maybe ignore the art and the science of it and they're just like oh you know the 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 numbers you know my 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 app says i got to do this today it's like well that doesn't jive with what you know the science is telling you or what the art says like you're all out of whack very seldom do you find people that get all three of those components and i'm not saying that you i or i personally or people on the show or whatever can't relate i think it's just you've got to teach yourself as a tour professional right uh, on on this side of the coin you got to teach yourself to talk to all three of those different types of people, right? And if you do find that unicorn every now and again that can, you know, really appreciate and talk about all three and understand, well, yeah, you know what? It's, it's not going to look as pretty because of the art, but this this is the right thing to do, and this is the way we go, yeah. right? So yeah. I, I get that part of it. it now, you mentioned it, something about – oh, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, you see, that is the uh, – at the end of the day uh, – Regardless of, you know, whatever theory, science, etc., I do have to come to terms with this idea that it always has to look good. Okay? It has to look good, no matter what. And, but, at, but still, for me, my point is, is that I always ask. Is this sustainable? Is does you know will this work long term? You know, yeah. I, that's, that's always my question. Does this work long term? Because you see, I will quickly torch people that want to do things for a short term appearance. If that means that for it looking good today, 
where right now they set themselves up for problems that are going to be ongoing from here on out just because they wanted it to look good that one day. So here, here's my, my, my one point I wanted to make here, too, was you mentioned about, you know, uh, people selling on fear, right? So, you know, we see a lot of this, uh, you know, and I, I, I've seen you talk about it before. Listen, we are no stranger to uh, inciting uh, any and all of the grifters that we see uh, pandering about the YouTubes. So my question to you is if I asked you, which lawn care YouTuber, big timer, do you think has held the jobs, and this is no joke, has held the jobs of uh, soccer coaching video salesperson, uh, gold panning uh, supply seller online, <laughs> uh, identity theft protection uh, coverage, and used car salesman? Of the that per, the same person I'm talking about has held these four jobs. You, you, which you lawn care? Another opinion. Which one? Well, no, seriously. Which which lawn care YouTuber do you think has done those jobs? He can't write prescriptions. Oh, Ooh. so you do now. Ooh. So listen, Snap. listen. Uh, I'll say it. <laughs> it, it, it. Look, if you're having I'll a heart into attack, it. don't call him. Hey, <laughs> Jay Pink, throw yeah. that photo up real quick for me. There yeah. he is, old, old human chart doc. Can, you can can I can I make this clear too? Look, please. I don't ca I don't care what other people's opinions are. I don't care what uh, the feelings are as a whole. Look, in that video when I said the old dude, that is the dude I was talking about. There, I think I don't. I thought I made it clear enough, but it was brought to my attention that a lot of people thought I was talking about the lawn care nut. And look. I, respect for me is always given where it's due. And the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and many of us on YouTube are doing what, what, doing what we're doing because he started it. Like I, I have respect for Alan and everything he's done and accomplished. And I was not talking about him. And I wanted to clear that up because I got some comments of people saying, I wish you would have made it more clear that you were uh, the, the doc and not, not LC. People said and, that. Yes, people said that. And I thought I made it perfectly clear in, in the things that I was saying that, that, that it was Doc and not LCN. So I wanted to clear that up for, who, for what it's worth. Because fair, fair, enough, not, fair enough. Fair enough. I wasn't talking platform. about LCN. No, because, by the way, as you probably figured out, uh, we have uh, basically distanced ourselves from Alan Haynes. Okay, he used to be part of our circle, but we distanced ourselves. Yeah, so all I'm saying there is, uh, I, I, and, and maybe I'll ask this in a more general sense. I got specific because you had, I knew who you were talking about. And uh, <laughs> hey, listen, you, you, you got to live under a rock to not know that, but hey, you know, to whatever extent, that's fine. Here's the thing, like, I have never had one affiliate link. I've never been. Why? Look, I, I, uh, I'm, I, curi I'm curious. Why, ha why haven't you want, gone down that road? I don't want to be beholden to anybody. I don't want this to be a job. I don't want to feel like I have to say things. I I, I did one thing one time when that one um, 
company was snap fresh was sending out all those blowers to people and the only reason why i said i'd do a review is because i wanted one of them like to <laughs> a low powered blower to blow out flower beds when there were leaves and stuff from the fall in it instead of my steel that was going to blow mulch everywhere and they sent me a weed eater too and it was so the the I, I knew the weed eater was going to be terrible because the blower wasn't very good. And I, I gave it away. I was like, I'm not, I, I can't make another video about this. I can't lie. I can't sit here and say that it's good because somebody gave me something for free. And I'm afraid that's what's happening a lot, that it's not as sincere and genuine as what people are leading on to believe. And I like being able to say whatever I want. Now, I mean, and that's why I'm doing this. I, I don't want this to be a job. If it ever becomes a job, I'll quit. I will quit because it's, I get out of it what I want out of it. And that's all that really makes any hell of beans to me. Has anybody ever approached you about being like an influencer? I get emails every single day. I delete them. I don't even respond. It's send me an email, delete. Send me an email, delete. So what's the craziest, uh, what's the craziest thing anybody's ever wanted you to pitch? Let me ask that question. I mean, I've had the, the, the automated irrigation systems. I've had, there's a new person that keeps emailing me about another electric blower. I've had the power washers for the driveway. I've had bug zappers. I mean, just about anything you can think of around the house. <laughs> and I just don't care. I don't want to feel like I have to make a video. I turn down Ray, free stuff every day. Ray, every day. Ray was here tonight with the uh, with the big PGR, you know, like big pharma. It's the big PGR. He was trying to convert. You. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, it, but but, but no. that is that is my uh, that's part of my that's part of my brand. I started it that way, and I'm not in it to get free stuff and try to partner with people and go down that rabbit hole. So why would if people don't appreciate that and they think I'm trying to like dog on other people, fine, get your free stuff, do whatever you want. I'm just not going to, I'm not dogging on you. Take your free stuff. That's fine. But I don't want it. I just don't want it. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. What, when, when you see, Oh, go ahead, Ray. I understand perfectly is that you don't, uh, you don't want to be owned. And that's uh, one of the best things about me is that, uh, at the end of the day, nobody owns me. <laughs> that's an, I think that's important. Me. What? Uh, Absolutely nobody you know, owns me. <laughs> well, besides Sheila Ray. I mean, come on. Um, that's another story. Now, that's a whole other story. That's another show. Um, well, I, when you watch when you watch these folks, and again, I'm not asking you to be specific, but you know. Based on your sensibilities and what, you know, the, you know, the time we've gotten to know each other here a little bit, you know, does it, I don't want offend is probably, isn't probably the right word, but how does it make you feel when you watch these folks and, you know, you, you see some of them that are just saying, hey, you got to do this and you got to do it today and use this and like, how does that make you feel as a, as a and, and especially as a, as a broadcast journalist, right? You've, you've learned how to create content to elicit some type of emotion or response right like you've been trained to do that one are they well, doing it, a good job and two how does it make you feel 
But it's communication theory. If you look up Dallas Mice audience commodity theory, anytime we're consuming content, this theory was created back when newspapers and radio and TV were the main medium, mediums for getting information. That when we listen to the radio, when we read a newspaper, a magazine, when we watch the news or TV, those ad spaces aren't sold saying, hey, we got 30 seconds that we haven't filled yet on this radio commercial break. We need to sell that. They're not selling that 30 seconds. The theory, the audience commodity theory states that as an audience, we are the ones working, that they're selling us as an audience, that they're saying, we know this demographic of people in this many numbers is watching at this time, and we're going to sell you this audience for you to put your product placement or your advertisement in. So now think about how that theory from decades ago pertains to our world of social media. Mm-hmm. All we are is a bought and sold audience, a commodity. We are working as consumers of online content. Now people get all been out of shape because it's easier to fool someone than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. So you can't tell somebody that somebody they enjoy that them watching lawn care videos or them watching whatever it is they like online or watching it, consuming any kind of content is uh, that it's that they're actually being used for their, their watching of it or their listening of it. You can't confuse them. You can't tell them that because you're trying to tell them something that they love is not actually what they think it is. So when I see people doing that, I just see it as them playing the game the way they want to play it. That's all they're doing. I, I, I don't care. I'm playing the game I want to play. And some of those that are selling a bunch of products are struggling to get subscribers and I'm getting close to 19,000. So maybe it's working, maybe it's not. I am by no means a big dog, but for the little work that I put into it on a weekly basis, doing one takes and shooting and editing and thumbnails and optimizing for Google or YouTube all in two hours, once a week to post one video a week like that. My return on my investment from a time standpoint isn't too bad. So Mm -hmm. if that's how they want to play the game, let them play the game that way. I don't think Mm -hmm. that game is working for some people. I think that they would be better served uh, because I think there's a, something to be said about genuine, authentic, uh, trustworthy, believable creators in our world. And more and more people are waking up to that. And I'm trying to be years ahead of my time, not in the moment time. I'm trying to be years ahead. And people that don't understand how this works, I get it. Because they'll always be in third, fourth, or fifth place. That's just what, that's where they're used to live in their lives. So they'll never be any better than that. But I, I, I pick a game that looks to the future, not in the, in the moment. So however they want to play it is up to them. I, I think you have to do that a little bit with YouTube. I think a lot of times there's, you know, there's this rush to put out timely content. And sometimes it's like forced. It's so forced. And you can tell, right, that they're just doing it to, to fill the gap, right, to Hey, I got to make a video this week, and so I'm going to just make it on this, uh, on whatever this topic is. But I think that you're right, that building a library of content, right, that's, you know, evergreen and active and, you know, still people coming back and rewatching videos and things like that, that, to me, 
shows the value, right, in what the content that you produce. So I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with that sentiment that, you know, it's it's got to be a long-term focus and not just, hey, I hope I get, Every you year know, the same videos get traction again around the same time because they're ever oh, sure. They're, yep. Nobody cares about your lawn update. In two years, your lawn update from the spring of 2019 is completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But a review on Spectraside Weed Stop for Lawns might be, if they don't change their product, relevant for the next 15 years, which that video of mine keeps coming up every year because if you search on Google, it's one of the the top video searches or top video results from optimization. So I focus on keywords and SEO and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, so dive, dive into that a little bit more. Like, what, what are you doing? And I, I'm not asking you to spill your secrets or whatever, but, you know, what, you know, it, YouTube's an algorithm and everybody's trying to surf that wave and crack the code and everything. You know, what have you found as sort of, a, I, I want to say, a, a working class YouTuber? I'll call you that. And I say that with pure, you know, I, I'm working class too. You know, you're not one of those guys that's got, you know, six figures of subscribers that, you know, you put a video out and boom, you got, you know, 100,000 views and, six hours or something stupid like that it's it's tough because um i i my big my most viewed video is only one hundred fourteen thousand. i have yet and that was posted three years ago or something like that so i have yet to have one video just pop that got me twenty thousand thirty thousand subscribers or ten thousand whatever a, a good number is so I've kind of had to nickel and dime it, just putting out videos that I know every season rolls around, people are going to want watering tips, basic ones. They're going to want, what are the four cultural practices I can do? I don't have a lot of time or money, but I want my yard to look okay. What are the, you know, what are some tips going into the fall? And it's, I mean, it is just a rinse and repeat regurgitating of the same, a lot of the same stuff. But, you know, you have to remember too that, if I'm standing in Lowe's looking for fertilizer and I know nothing about this, I might quickly do a review or a Google search and I might watch a video, but am I, are a lot of people really subscribing to that stuff? So getting fixated on subscriber numbers is just garbage because most people aren't subscribing to lawn care content or DIY content for that matter. I watch a lot of stuff about DIY things to do around my house if a cabinet breaks or something's wrong with my dishwasher or whatever. And I'll watch videos to figure out some tips on, I don't know, how to fix it or whatever. But I'm not going to subscribe to those channels to be regularly updated with plumbing stuff. So I just focus on not getting wrapped up in subscriber counts or like how fast did that video grow just find out what topics are working, you know, relatively well across the spectrum and try to get a video out and see what happens. And since I'm not investing a lot of time and effort into it, if nothing happens, it's okay. I'm not getting bent out of shape because I just spent two weeks and 20 hours worth of shooting and editing on this video only for it to do nothing. When I spend two hours a week, then if nothing happens, I'm not out much time. So no, I, don't get, I don't get invested emotionally or time-wise or financially into my YouTube channel. No, and I think, I, I don't know, I, I think, you know, the, the things that, I, that have struck me about this conversation with you is that, uh, 
I think one, you seem very principled, and I think that's important in anything in life, right? As a person, right? You have to have principles, and I think you know, uh, you know, having those boundaries, right? Of you know, the time that you're going to do your YouTube stuff, the time that you're going to do your family stuff, all that. Um, you know, it, it it sounds like you've tried to balance all those things out, right? Your your principles of hey, I I need my time in the lawn, right? I need that that escape. And, uh, you know, for so many of the folks that we talk to uh, in the DIY side, that's that's what it is. And it's it's always amazed us, uh, you know, Ray, Matt and myself that, you know, we, we started doing this show almost uh, a year and a half, two years ago. And, you know, didn't think that people would be so passionate to talk about turf, you know, that weren't professionals. And it's just it's so amazing, you know, how many uh, folks just like yourself, you know, take that time and really recharge mentally physically spiritually whatever right in that space of just taking care of lawn something so simple and something so uh you know taken for granted and so you know hey i i appreciate the way that you're doing it in the sense that uh you're doing it your way and uh you know i i've seen so many different approaches ray's seen so many different approaches to you know growing tending to and you know making turf whatever somebody's definition of great is and uh you know you got you know that what's that saying? You do you be. That's that's turf, man. In a, in a, I think in a nutshell. There, I, I think the uh, the the it's misconstrued in my philosophies towards turf grass and and somehow equated with my work ethic or my uh, my desire to be great and successful. But nobody, because I don't talk about my personal life, knows about the 10 years that I spent as a restaurant owner and was on a Food Network TV show and did different projects with the Food Network and Hmm. how I'm a a patent, a United States patent holder and uh, and invented a piece of restaurant equipment. No one knows about what I put in for 10 years and giving my life away to a business that is still open today and is rated the number one best burger restaurant in Northwest Arkansas for the last three years, because of the 10 years that I helped put in with my brothers, it's still open just past 13 years in business. No one knows that everything I did there for 10 years, giving so much of my heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears to that is how I have gotten to my philosophies towards something that I just want to enjoy because I can get overly obsessed and overly dedicated towards perfection. And when I left my business after 10 years to spend more time with my family, I I changed my outlook on how I will approach things that are important to me. And I'll prioritize which ones are the most important. And it, it seems that everyone in the genre that you happen to pick thinks that it should be more important to you than it really is. And I'm not going to waver on the fact that grass just is not as important to me as it obviously is to a lot of people in the community. And I am providing an outlet for people who may see grass the same way or in a similar way, not saying that I want to, you know, I feel like I need people to understand what I feel and what I want to drag them into my world. Their Mm -hmm. world might exist the same way mine is, and they're looking for the group within grass to feel like they're part of that group, that they feel intimidated by the the scientist people, and they don't like it either. So 
there's room for so many types of people in any genre. And I'm just hoping to fill a niche within a niche. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I think so. I, I, you know, as we, we got to start wrapping it up here, but I, I just want to say that, that, uh, you know, the authenticity is an important piece and whether people agree with that or not, I think we, we can attest to the same, you know, sentiments there that what we do is not for everybody. And we constantly have people that say, I don't understand. I don't know why you're talking over my head. You need to, you know, talk slower, do this and shorter <laughs> bursts, do this, do that. Uh, they love to call into our show too and talk to us about that and give us those feed, uh, those uh, pieces of feedback. It's great. <laughs> well, um, th there are a lot of people that wonder, well then why are you doing grass? Okay. I love YouTube and making videos, creating videos. I don't do TikTok, don't do Instagram, don't do Facebook. I do YouTube and YouTube only. So I found one platform that I enjoy doing and I picked grass because I enjoy doing it too. Oh, yeah. And the nature of the beast on YouTube is, is you have to pick something. Nobody gives a crap about some dude from Arkansas with a pretty run of the mill life, teaching with his wife, his wife's a teacher, just living a normal dude life. I am not compelling enough to start a channel like Casey Neistat or somebody who is just incredibly gifted. You have to pick something. You, it has to be narrowed down to a certain extent. And I just picked grass because I enjoy videos and I enjoy mowing my lawn and taking care of the grass. And it's pretty, it's there just that simple. That's all you <laughs> need to say. Simple. That's your, that's your disclaimer on every video from here <laughs> forward. We'll cut it up and we'll send it to you. So wait, listen, <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm sorry that Matt couldn't be here. I know that he would probably, uh, he, he, you know, He's probably getting all this work done so he can watch his Vols go beat up Bama on, uh, oh, heck on yeah, Saturday. Oh, yeah, he is. I, that's going to be a good – that's the premier game of the weekend. That will be. That will be a good game. And, Matt, if you're listening, if you're watching, this is the only time in my entire life I will be rooting for the Vols on purpose and not just because <laughs> I don't like the other team that much. So I will root <laughs> for the Vols this weekend. I will shave a tee into my chest hair for you. I'll do whatever it takes. Go Vols. Beat Bama. All right, Travis, thank you so much. Really appreciated the time tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, come back soon. Visit with us again. We'd love it, okay? Yeah, fellas, I really do appreciate it, and I enjoyed it. And just know that uh, I, I love that we uh, were different. I love hearing y'all's uh, interpretation of things and seeing your passion for grass. It it really is inspiring from, from both y'all. And it has made me start thinking, so you can leave on that. But I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you so much, Travis. Have a great night. It's a All right, pleasure. man. We'll Have see you. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye bye.